Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, the presidents of China and Honduras have held talks in Beijing for the first time since the two countries established diplomatic ties. Reports from Italy say former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi has died at the age of 86. Japanese media say the Tokyo Electric Power Company is starting a test round of its discharge facilities for releasing nuclear-contaminated water. We begin in Asia. Chinese President Xi Jinping has affirmed the country's determination to develop friendly relations with Honduras. While meeting with visiting Honduran President Xiomara Castro in Beijing, President Xi said China is ready to support Honduras in its economic and social development. He said Castro's visit opens a new chapter in China-Honduras ties. The Chinese president also pledged to work with his Honduran counterpart to guide and push forward bilateral ties from a strategic and long-term perspective. Castro is on a six-day state visit to China. Her visit coincides with Honduras opening its first embassy in China two months after both sides established diplomatic relations. Earlier, the Honduran president laid a wreath at the monument to the people's heroes in Tiananmen Square in the heart of Beijing. Dong Xue has details. The Honduran president Simaro Castro has laid a wreath at the monument to the people's heroes. Well, that site was established to honor those who paid the ultimate price for national independence and the freedom and the well-being of the Chinese people. Well, this is just one of the stops for President Castro during her state visit here. Well, since establishing ties in March, China and Honduras have signed a joint communique and agreed to exchange ambassadors as soon as possible. Following that, you know, yesterday the Honduran embassy in China was inaugurated. The Honduran foreign minister said the embassy opens new opportunities and will strengthen cooperation for both countries. And more importantly, he recognized the importance of the One China principle. Since establishing diplomatic ties, you know, the move could pave the way for Honduras to become an important trade and investment partner for China in Central America.、Uh, for example, economic. Economically, Honduras will hope to further promote trade and investment, expand its、um, export market, and attract more Chinese enterprises to invest in Honduras. That was Dong Xue in Beijing. In Japan, reports say the Tokyo Electric Power Company is starting a test round of its discharge facilities as it prepares for releasing nuclear-contaminated water. Earlier reports said the Japanese government could officially begin its discharge plan in July. The move has triggered protests within Japan as well as neighboring countries, including South Korea, China, and the Philippines, as well as several Pacific island countries. Some have warned that the irreversible move could lead to a huge adverse impact on the ocean environment. Terus Terashima has more from Tokyo. Tokyo Electric、uh, Company started the trial for the、uh, discharge facility uh, on Monday. Uh, technicians have been inspecting the facility from Saturday. During the、uh, trial, they will pour fresh water into the facility, test whether it works properly, and also in case of emergency, if the valves can be shut down quickly, if the emergency facilities ca- can act、uh, properly. And water mixture of fresh and、uh, seawater will be、uh, discharged later on through a pipe 
uh, in the tunnel that leads uh, to one kilometer off the coast from the crippled nuclear power plant. Once the uh, trial is complete, they will receive inspection from Japan's Nuclear Regulation Authority. And once a final report from the IEA comes out uh, in, in a latter part of June, the conditions uh, for the discharge is complete and we'll wait for government's final decision to discharge the uh, treated wastewater into the Pacific Ocean. Majority of people oppose uh, the, the discharge, although TEPCO said uh, the treated water is being diluted to reduce the radioactivity of the remaining tritium uh, public uh, and especially the fishing communities are worried of uh, long-term environmental effect of the continued discharge of the water. Municipal uh, authorities asked the government to take every measures to prevent bad rumors and affecting the industry such as the fishing and farming industries uh, in the all along the eastern coast of Japan. That was Terence Tarashima on Japan's nuclear-contaminated water discharge plan. Turning to Europe, reports say former Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi has died. He was 86. Berlusconi was Prime Minister for nine years in total, making him the longest-serving post-war Prime Minister of Italy. Gales Gibson reports from Rome. Last week, we were told by his doctors at the time that it was for sort of regular checks. Now we are hearing from Italian media outlets, multiple of them, that Silvio Berlusconi has indeed died. This latest stay in hospital actually followed a 45-day stay, uh, about a month and a half spent in that same hospital in Milan. And that was when they revealed to the world and to this country that Silvio Berlusconi had been diagnosed with leukemia at some point in recent months or in recent years. Uh, so we are now really waiting for uh, comments for confirmation from Silvio Berlusconi's family and from his doctors who we've been hearing from about his treatment over the last few days or so. He was a very colourful character and, and an Italian Prime Minister that was famous all over the world, sometimes for sort of more positive reasons, sometimes for, for more negative reasons. He actually started out as a, a singer on a cruise ship as a young man. He then built a giant media fortune, becoming the richest man in Italy, becoming a media tycoon, buying at the very famous football club, for example, AC Milan. And then in the 1990s, he rose to become Italian prime minister. He served on three or four occasions as prime minister up until about 2011. And it was at that point that he was dragged down by sex scandals, the so-called bunga bunga parties. So it's that colourful nature, it's that sense of a man who lived a very diverse, varied life that I think will come through as people start to sort of sum up the legacy of Silvio Berlusconi. That was Gilles Gibson in Rome. Staying in Europe, Montenegro says the Europe Now movement, led by incumbent President Jakov Milantovic, has claimed victory in a snap parliamentary election. Sunday's vote is expected to bring in a new government to implement economic reforms and take the country closer to European Union membership. Peter Oliver has details. There is a, a winner of this election. The biggest challenge they're going to face first is forming a new government. It will be a coalition, but what the makeup of that coalition is, is essentially anybody's guess at the moment. It doesn't seem like it's going to be easy to bring together enough sides to form a, a coalition that can um, rule with a majority. But the main issue for whoever comes in is getting Montenegro's ascension to EU membership back front and centre in Brussels because of the ongoing 
ongoing conflict in Ukraine. It has slipped from the agenda, quite understandably so. Uh, what they want to see here in Montenegro is the work that's being done over the years to try and get Montenegro into that EU club. Well, that be followed through on. They can't do that until they have a government. They can't do that until they have stability. And that's why they need somebody to come forward from this election and form that parliamentary government to work with the new president that they got three months ago. That was Peter Oliver on the snap parliamentary election in Montenegro. In America, Donald Trump has spent much the weekend denouncing the indictment he's facing over his alleged mishandling of top-secret documents. The former U.S. president is set to be arraigned in a federal court in Miami, Florida, on Tuesday. Owen Fairclough has the latest. From Georgia, I never thought such a thing could happen to America. To North Carolina. To get indicted over nothing? Donald Trump on the stump in two key swing states with his first public remarks since the federal indictment over his alleged hoarding of top secret documents emerged. You're watching Joe Biden try to jail his leading political opponent. Think of it. This is like third world country stuff. Legal experts have been astonished by the breadth of evidence prosecutors have uncovered including photos of dozens of boxes containing classified documents in unusual locations around his homes. Trump even offered prosecutors more potential evidence, posting this photo of similar boxes stacked outside the White House. When I left office and was moving to Florida, boxes were openly sitting on the White House sidewalk. Everybody was taking pictures of them. This isn't somebody smuggling boxes out. Trump faces 37 charges relating to threatening national security as well as obstruction of justice, though he insists he was within his rights to take the documents. There are umpteen pressing questions in these explosive charges against Donald Trump, but among them, can he continue to be a candidate if convicted? And could he take office in the White House if he's jailed? Some experts say both scenarios are possible, and this has been partly tested before. Socialist candidate Eugene Debs received a tiny fraction of the vote in the 1920 presidential election while in jail after speaking out against the First World War. Convicted of breaching the same espionage act Trump has allegedly violated. Trump has received indirect support from some of his presidential rivals who'd been trying to distance themselves from him, including his former vice president, Mike Pence. The former president, like every other American, is entitled to a presumption of innocence. But Trump's former attorney general isn't confident about his ex-boss's prospects. If even half of it is true, then he's toast. I mean, it's a, it's a, pretty, it's a very detailed indictment, uh, and it's very, very damning. And if Trump is defiant before his most fervent supporters in the public arena he savors, he faces a less welcome public appearance when he's due to be arraigned in a Miami court on Tuesday. That was Owen Fairclaw on the classified document probe on Donald Trump. Peru is fighting its worst dengue outbreak on record as the El Nino climate phenomenon brings more heavy rains and mosquitoes. The number of deaths from the disease this year has passed 200, with over 130,000 recorded cases, double the number of the last outbreak in 2017. Hospitals are overrun and children are particularly impacted. We get more from Dan Collins. Amid clouds of gas, fumigators go from room to room, house by house. 
They're trying to kill the mosquitoes which have caused a dengue epidemic in the city. Heavy rains and hot weather have made Pura the epicenter of Peru's worst ever outbreak. And the impact is being felt mostly by the old and the very young. Seven-year-old Camila Navarro is slowly recovering her strength. The first day she had a high fever and abdominal pain. Then on the second and third days she was vomiting and had diarrhea. That's when I brought her to the emergency room because the fever would not go down. She's at an emergency tent hospital erected on a sports field to deal with the overflow of dengue patients. Hospitals are collapsing under the number of cases, nearly 40,000 in Pura alone, as well as more than 60 deaths, a dozen of them children. The ombudsman visited hospitals to see what they needed. More than anything, they lacked medical professionals. In Piura, 30% of the infected people are children and their cases can quickly become fatal. So we need pediatricians because the attention is not the same as that of a general practitioner. Children need specialized attention and we do not have pediatricians. Dr. Ludwig Zeta was manning this triage for dengue cases with just two nurses. The number of patients has decreased, perhaps because of the controls and better triage. But most of the people we are seeing here have alarm signs of more severe infections. He said it brought back memories of the health crisis during the COVID-19 pandemic. That was Dan Collins on the dengue outbreak in Peru. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. The presidents of China and Honduras have held talks in Beijing for the first time since the two countries established diplomatic ties. Reports from Italy say former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi has died at the age of 86. Japanese media say the Tokyo Electric Power Company is starting a test round of its discharge facilities as it prepares for releasing nuclear contaminated water. That concludes today's top story, which brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thanks for listening.